It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? It's hard not to smile when you hear that famous and familiar song. It evokes such peaceful childhood memories. I find it interesting what myths exist about Fred Rogers. He was a decorated Navy SEAL. He was a mean Marine sniper. He was a tattooed tough guy. No, Fred Rogers was not any of those things. But you could say he was a TV evangelist of sorts. Fred Rogers was a Presbyterian minister, and although he never pastored a church, his show was born out of a deep conviction to improve the world by helping children. And so his audience became his congregation. I love the invitation in his song, Won't You Be My Neighbor? In the Gospel of Mark, we read how a teacher of religious law once asked Jesus, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Well, Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second commandment is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love God and love others. So if you are my neighbor, then I should show you love. The love I experience from God should be visible in my loving actions to you. So when Mr. Rogers invited us to be his neighbor, I think he was actually inviting us to let ourselves be loved by him. And what a beautiful invitation that is. Friend, I'm convinced that many of the problems we face in our world could be overcome if those of us who follow Jesus would simply offer that same invitation to others. Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you let me show God's love to you? Well, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood ran for 31 seasons, airing from 1968 all the way until 2001. And the show's longevity can be attributed to the fact that every kid who tuned in wanted to be Mr. Rogers' neighbor. And why? Because Fred Rogers showed genuine concern and care for his guests as well as his viewers. Rather than being a place to escape from the world and all of its troubles, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood helped us make sense of our world and deal with all of our troubles. And all from a biblical worldview. This next scene gives us an example. I'd like you to meet a new friend of mine. His name is Lloyd 
Vogel. Someone has hurt my friend, Lord. And not just on his face. He is having a hard time forgiving the person who hurt him. Do you, do you know what that means? To forgive? It's a decision we make to release a person from the feelings of anger we have at them. It's strange, but sometimes it's hardest of all to forgive someone we love. That's a pretty good definition of forgiveness. Friend, we have all been hurt. And unfortunately, as Mr. Rogers alluded to, sometimes those wounds come from friends or even family. And those seem to be the hardest hurts to forgive. But holding on to bitterness does not bring healing from the wounds. It only brings more The Apostle Paul instructed the church at Ephesus, Get rid of all bitterness, of all your rage and anger, your harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Forgiveness is the standard for those of us who follow Jesus. And friend, don't miss that last statement. Forgiveness and freedom begin with surrendering your life to God, acknowledging that Jesus is the leader of your life, the only one who can forgive your sins, and the only one who can save you from your sins. If you've never turned to God and sought his forgiveness, that should be your top priority. Well, the issue of pain and forgiveness became the theme in Mr. Rogers' interactions with his new friend, Lloyd. Let's get more of Lloyd's story. Here we are, in the Pearl of the Garden State, huh? (laughs) Hello, Jerry. Oh, come on, you don't have to call me Jerry. Or call me Jerry, I don't care. And hello to you. Hi, I'm Andrea, Lloyd's wife. Andrea, of course. What a unique pleasure. Hello, little fella. This is Gavin. What a handsome man. You look just like me. (laughs) Let's get a drink, huh? What's this stuff, a pop? Oh, this stuff will kill you. I'm just uh, giving my toast, and then we're leaving, so... Doll, could you uh, give us a moment? She's she's not a doll. She's a public interest attorney. Well, is there money in that? You know what? We're going to circulate. You got a baby. And a wife. You happy? I'm happy. Yeah. Well, she seems nice enough, huh? but uh, <laughs> I mean, she's a little old, have a baby, huh? 
I'm not that old. Well, you're smart. Your mom and I hardly knew each other when she got pregnant. But we were babies, huh? Don't talk about her. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You don't know the whole story. Your mom really was not the same. Oh, don't you He was out of control. You're just not going to take responsibility for any of this. Of course I am. I offered to pay for Lorraine's dry cleaning. Have you ever felt the way Lloyd does? So angry you want to hurt someone or yourself? I know I have. When I was a boy, I was very chubby. And the other kids would chase me and call me names like Fat Freddy. It made me very sad. Sometimes when I was by myself, I would cry. And other times, it made me very angry. There was always something you can do with the mad that you feel. Friend, have you ever felt sad? Have you ever felt angry? Of course you have. We all have. Do you know that the God who created you also created the ability for you to feel and experience a wide range of emotion? And that means your feelings are legitimate. Our emotions are like lights on a car dashboard. They alert us to what's going on underneath. And as Mr. Rogers said, there's always something we can do with those emotions. There's always something we can do with the mad that we feel. But we don't always do what's best or wisest with our mad feelings, do we? Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, gave them these instructions. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. You know, I struggle to remember a time when I was angry and it's worth celebrating. Rarely am I glad about decisions I make in anger. Usually, I regret the decisions I make when I'm angry. The words I speak, the actions I take, anger reveals the worst in me. And I was blown away to learn that Mr. Rogers wrestled with anger. What? Peaceful, calm, gentle Fred Rogers? It's hard for me to imagine him throwing an angry fit. But he was human, and so that means even he had sin. But I appreciate how he learned to deal with his anger. First, he prayed. He prayed for hurting people, and he prayed for the people who hurt him. He spent lots of time in prayer for others and prayer seeking God. And secondly, he spent a whole lot of time studying the Bible. And all the time he spent praying and digging into the Bible compelled him to move beyond his anger by focusing his attention on others and their needs, showing a gentle, patient concern for other people. Let's take a look at the next clip. 
Full sound? Sound speeds. And slate? And action! Do you know what this is? It's a tent. Let's set it up. Two grown-ups to set up a tent. And that's a cut. Let's go again. <laughs> no, no, let's, uh... Let's look at that. Okay, roll playback, please. let them set it up for you well children need to know that even when adults make plans sometimes they don't turn out the way we'd hoped mm-hmm. how long have have you been married Lloyd uh eight years oh eight you oh that's a wonderful accomplishment does your spouse have a name Andrea I would like to meet Andrea someday. I'm sure. Um, You've lived in Pittsburgh your whole life? I grew up not too far from here in a town called Latrobe, but we've lived here quite some time, and we've raised our boys here. And do you think living here makes it easier or more difficult to be a celebrity? (laughs) Celebrity? Mercy. You don't consider yourself famous? Fame is a four-letter word like tape or zoom or face. But ultimately, matters is what we do with it. And what are you doing with it? We are trying to give children positive ways to deal with their feelings. This uh, piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? I don't think of myself as a hero. No, not at all. What about Mr. Rogers? Is he a hero? I I don't understand the question. Well, there's you, Fred, and then there's the character you play, Mr. Rogers. 
You said it was a play at the plate. Is that is that what is that what happened to you? What did happen to you, Lloyd? I got into a fight. Oh, oh my. Who did you get into a fight with? <laughs> it's not important. Jerry. Who is Jerry? My father. Oh, my. I'd rather not talk about it. What were you and your father fighting about? I'm, I'm here to interview you, Mr. Rogers. Well, that is what we're doing, isn't it? Missionary Jim Elliott once said, wherever you are, be all there. And Fred Rogers lived that out. He was constantly learning from those who he was with, always totally focused on the other person. Rogers demonstrated the attitude and humility that Paul wrote of to the Philippian believers. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Instead, be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. And don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others also. In our culture of distraction, where phones and technology always compete for our attention, what would happen if we focused our attention solely on those we're with? Being fully and completely present in the moment. Being fully and completely available to the other being fully and completely attentive to their needs. After all, isn't that how God relates to us? Inviting us to interact with him in prayer, with confidence that he is fully present and fully available and fully attentive to our needs. Well, later in this story, we discover that Lloyd's dad, Jerry, is dying. Lloyd and his dad have had a strained relationship, to say the least. But Lloyd visits his dad to be with him in his last days, hoping to somehow set things right. Lloyd. I am sorry for leaving you and your sister. As it was... It was selfish, and it was cruel. Will you look at me? So sorry, son. It's not fair, you know. 
I think I'm just now starting to figure out how to live my life. I always loved you. That's a powerful, touching scene. There's a raw honesty that emerges in their relationship. And you know, friend, none of us is perfect. We've all hurt and been hurt by others. But God wants all of us, including you, to move past that pain, to experience peace and healing. So don't miss out on the peace that follows forgiveness. Make peace with others and leave bitterness and regret behind. Colossians 3 tells us, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Is there someone in your life with whom you need to reconcile? Someone you need to make things right with? Someone who needs to hear you say, I'm sorry. Or maybe someone who needs to hear you say, I forgive you. Friend, don't delay. Call that person today. Leave the service even right now and make the call. And I want to give a special challenge for the dads. We're not always great, guys, about getting into the feels and letting our wife or kids know how much we love them and how much they mean to us. Many of us did not have that modeled for us. So I want to encourage you and challenge you to break the pattern and set a new example. Tell those closest to you how much they mean to you. It's just three simple words. I love you. And that goes a long way. So speak them often and speak them honestly, because someday it'll be too late. You know, death is something many of us are uncomfortable speaking about. But to die is to be human. And anything human is mentionable. Anything mentionable is manageable. Anything mentionable is manageable. You gotta send me a copy. Oh. 
Joanne will love this when she sees it. Be it so much cooler if he was in this. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I should get going. I'll walk you out. If you have ever experienced the death of someone you love, then you know that the sting of death is to go on living without that person. Friends, this is why we offer Grief Share, a group to help those dealing with death find healing and hope. If you've recently experienced the death of someone you love, I want to encourage you to participate in Grief Share. It begins this Tuesday night, and it is worth your time. And I want to encourage all of us with these words from Jesus. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. For those who don't believe in Jesus, death is to be greatly feared. For what awaits on the other side of the grave for those who have not put their hope and trust in Christ is worse than the worst we can imagine. But for those whose hope and trust is in Jesus, death is no longer something to be feared. Death lost its power over us when Christ walked out of the grave. And Jesus promises that we also will stand victorious over death and sin and Satan, but only if we have put our hope and our trust in Jesus. Friend, I hope that you will put your hope in Jesus. <laughs> 